11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Today, we have Fabian Harbers. Yeah, so appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. The first one for this year. So, uh, yeah, thank you for doing this. Thank you for reaching out. I'm happy to be on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Could you take me back to your first memory of playing soccer? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was back in Germany, actually. I'm a German uh, born and, and native, uh, played there my, my whole life, basically until I was 20 and then came to the States. So I was actually four years old. My dad took me, uh, to the local soccer practice and yeah, you know, what you, what you're doing with, uh, four years old is, you know, just running around trying to chase the ball with a bunch of kids. And, uh, and then after training, my dad asked me if I liked it. And if I wanted to come back and I was like, no, I didn't really like it. And, and I didn't want to come back. And, um, and that was, that was it for, for the year. So I didn't, didn't really start playing with four. And then the next year, um, uh, when I turned five, uh, my dad, uh, took me back to the, to the soccer pitch and to the local club and, and, uh, you know, gave it another try for me to try and and play and and see if i enjoyed it and then i actually did like it you know i made some friends and, and had, had fun kicking the ball around but but it's funny that the first memory um of me playing soccer actually telling my dad that i didn't like it yeah that's funny is that funny how everything turned out huh <laughs> yeah definitely yeah it's it's my biggest passion now i mean uh, i love playing soccer you know my my second biggest hobby is probably watching soccer so it's my whole uh, life what it turns around. Yeah. Um, so going into like, so tell me like a little bit about your your youth career and then how did you end up getting recruited to play college soccer here in the States? Right. So I played um, in an academy called Twente Enschede. It's uh, actually in the Netherlands uh, where I grew up was pretty close to the border to the Netherlands. Um, and the closest bigger club was uh, Twente Enschede. And um, yeah, the first team played back then in the Eredivisie with Ajax Amsterdam and, and those uh, those teams. And um, so I played there for six, seven years and um, had a good good experience there. Um, obviously, learning Dutch system, you know, it's very technical, very versatile. I think they, you know, they bring up uh, a bunch of very, very technical and, and good players for the size of the country each and every year. Um, but then I, I fell out of favor a little bit and then didn't play as much as, as the level got higher, as I got older, um, had a little bit issues, um, you know, getting, getting playing time there. And then I took a step back, went a couple of years back to Germany, played a 
yeah, a little bit on a lower lower level uh, soccer with uh, yeah with more or less some friends and um, and enjoyed it better. And then um, after that, I had my uh, I had finished my high school in Germany and I didn't know really what I wanted to do. Uh, I was always a guy that uh, valued academics, um, but but also loved playing soccer. And and in Germany, there's no such thing as college sports in that sense. So either you decide, hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go all out and try to be a professional soccer player. But, you know, it might or might not work. Obviously, few will at the end make it or you give up the dream of soccer and and um, uh, go to university and, and go try to find a decent job. So uh, when I heard of the opportunity to, uh, to play college soccer, um, you know, an agency in Germany reached out to me and, and uh, through Facebook and, you know, provided me with that opportunity that there's an option to to get a scholarship to go abroad and play for a college team. And um, yeah, so I applied and, and the soccer coach at Creighton University, actually a, a German guy as well, really liked me, really liked my profile and then thought I could help the program. And I was really lucky actually um, to get in such a good program like Creighton University because it was a top 20 university back in the day uh, and still still are. I think they made it to the final four um, this year, actually, the, the soccer program. So um, I was really lucky that I got to, to a good program because when I was in Germany, I didn't know anything about college soccer whatsoever. So I could have landed anywhere in like some random uh, rural division two school or whatever, you know, that, um, but I was really, yeah, grateful and, and lucky that I had a good agency that took care of me and then took me to a good um, yeah, private university with a, with a great program. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, uh, I, I feel like mo- most of the time it's like, uh, you know, Americans try to go overseas, uh, to play in Europe and things like that, but you came, you came here. So what was that? What was that like? Just, uh, just one, like living here and like, is was there any like culture shock? And then two, like from a soccer perspective, what was, what was it? Uh, like, why did you come here versus like staying and playing in Germany? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's different. It's, uh, coming from Germany and then uh, yeah, going to America, obviously it's, it's a big step for me. And at that age, I was like 19, I want to say. And um, I don't want to say culture shock, but just all the little things um, that change it. Uh, yeah, because you're all of a sudden you're by yourself, you know, you're in a foreign country. Um, you have to try to get a bank account. You have to, um, you know, make a driver's license. You have to uh, organize your clothes. You have to wash your clothes. You have to, you know, clean up after yourself. You know, when whereas when I would lived at home, my mom or my dad would always do that. So I feel like the biggest challenge was not really the culture itself, because I think Americans are really friendly. You know, and uh, they they're welcoming and they're friendly uh, when you when you're new, and they try to help. And uh, so I appreciated that really about the culture. Um, but just being by myself and having to deal with my own problems um, without any help from from back home, uh, that was that was certainly tough, uh, especially the first year uh, in university. And uh, sorry, what was the second part of the question again? Uh, the second part was uh, like, what was your decision to actually come to the, the States versus staying in like Germany and playing? Right. So, I mean, it was basically the, the opportunity to play college soccer, to be able to 
combine uh, studying at a, at a decent level uh, and and getting an over uh, a broad experience, which which I didn't uh, wouldn't have gotten when I, if I stayed in Germany. Um, you know, getting the university degree, but still playing on a, on a sort of decent level uh, soccer with a bunch of international guys and and obviously American guys and and yeah and having maybe um, honestly I didn't have that outlook that I thought that I would make it to the MLS uh, when I started college soccer. So um, yeah, I was really grateful how everything happened. Um, but I just wanted a new experience. I was just really tired of uh, you know not living in Germany, but I needed something new. Uh, I wanted to break out. I wanted to go somewhere. I, I needed something different, uh, a change in my life. And, and that was the, it came at the best, best time. Gotcha. What about what, what's the difference between, um, like the, the German, German play style style versus like America. So when I got to college, it was just super physical. There was so much emphasis on fitness tests on lifting heavy weights, um, you know, trying to be fit, even if you couldn't run or couldn't lift any heavier, they would still try to push you and, 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 um, be mentally tough. You know, that was probably the word that I heard uh, <laughs> the most throughout my college career, uh, meant uh, be, being mentally tough. And that was kind of, uh, yeah, rough, uh, rough training. Uh, I don't want to say that the academies and and the the playing style in MLS uh, is similar, but that was just a big difference uh, from where I grew up in uh, in the Netherlands and in Germany, where um, yeah, the playing style obviously you have to be fit to play soccer, but that's not the main emphasis. The main emphasis is be technical, uh, technically well, um, and and being brilliant with the ball. You know, to have the skill to get out of tight spaces to to see the open man, to find the right pass at the right time, to um, to shoot at the right time, but also to to recognize when to pass and and being uh, being able to see uh, when you can turn with the ball, when you when you can play back. And uh, when I played in in Holland um, for the first six years in the academy, we weren't allowed to play long balls. Like we had to play out, even though the opposing team uh, was pressing us. Even though um, you know they, they might have stolen every ball from us, we were not allowed to hit a long ball to to um, overcome the pressure. No, we had to find a way uh, to find short passes to combine to play out of pressure, and that really um, is the main difference uh, from from the Dutch style where I grew up and, and and the German style as well. I feel like German is a little bit more conservative. They they do hit. Um, yeah, more long balls here and there, also in the youth system, um, and and they're tactically very, uh, very yeah, versatile as well. But uh, that's the main difference. What when I came to America, that that the physical part of um, of soccer was a huge factor, and it was almost too much. Where it's you know, the fittest guy is, is going to play, even though he can't pass a ball or something like that. You know, so. So uh, that that didn't really resonate with me in in, in that sense, but I think uh, when you go now to MLS and then to the uh, to the academies, I feel like soccer has come a long way and then has improved on on all levels. And I think um, America is actually able to to develop and uh, build um, young technical players like like Pulisic, like Brandon Aronson, 
like Gio Reyna, you know, all those guys, I think they're very, um, very technical and, and, and very good for the ball. Yeah, for sure. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Um, during, during college, like, was there, was there like a, a moment that you, you thought you could go pro? In the beginning, I didn't because that wasn't really um, a vision for myself. But then after, after my second year where I had some good stats, I played forward um, in a 4-2 four, four system where I had 10 goals and like eight assists in, in one season. And the season is only like 20 games long in, the, uh, in college. So that was um, probably the moment where people were like, oh, if, if you have another season like that, you're probably going to go pro. And I was like, no, like nobody wants me. Like, I, I didn't think I was good enough. I don't, I didn't think, you know, that didn't really um, make sense because college level is still a big difference. It doesn't, it didn't make sense to me that if I scored like three goals against, I don't know, Drake University that, you know, that we beat 6-0, um, you know, I scored a, two goals and, and, and a PK or something, you know, two tap-ins and, and all of a sudden people were talking, Hey, you might make a pro. I was like, what? No, that, that doesn't make sense. Like I'm, I didn't think I was good enough. Um, but still, you know, I sort of believed in them, uh, what they told me. And, and the next season I had a, yeah, I wanted to, to even improve on the numbers that I had before. And, and we had a really good team, uh, then as well. And, and I had like, 16 goals and 18 assists or something that season, which was uh, really good for, for college soccer. And, um, and that's where I knew and hoped that if I had one more season or if I could even improve on, on that last year's season, that I might have a chance to, to, you know, sign a generation Adidas contract because I'd seen people do it before me and I didn't think they were better than me. So, um, that was the time when I was like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe this time, you know, I, I can get lucky and I can uh, sign a sign a first pro contract, which which was a huge deal for me. And then luckily, uh, it was that way. And uh, yeah, signed a Generation Adidas uh, contract and then got drafted by Philly. And yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, yeah, what was that feeling like to get uh, drafted six overall in the MLS draft? It was pretty cool. It was a very unique experience. Obviously, it's it's a very foreign. Um, system how you get drafted to a european um because you have no influence whatsoever where you're going to get drafted to doesn't matter if you like if you like the team if you like the the country even if you want to go to canada i don't know i just gotten used to the us us system and uh, it would have been a nightmare for me going to canada and then you know to montreal where they only speak french and you know my english still was improving it wasn't at the level where it's at right now so um i was a bit scared a bit nervous but also was trying to embrace the process and um to give it all wherever i was drafted because after all i was still you know happy that i signed a a new fresh contract and i was still excited to you know give it a go at, at my professional career and just focus on soccer for a while and and try to yeah, do everything possible and, and, and make it the best, uh, best career possible, obviously. 
So yeah, it was it was a strange system um, the draft, but still was excited because Philly back then was uh, probably on number one on my list. So I was happy that I did get drafted by by Philadelphia, and um, I think I think I had a good good experience there in the, in the first three years under Jim Curtin as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and you played a lot your your rookie year. Um, what what was uh what was it like scoring your your first MLS goal? Yeah, that was that was huge. I think it took me a little bit. Uh, I had a couple chances here and there, um, but I, it wasn't until like July or so. You know, the season starts in March, obviously. Um, so it took me a good four, four or five months. Um, you know, I had mainly always uh, substitute appearances, so they would always give me like 10, 15 minutes at the end. Uh, at the striker position, but uh, but it took me a while. But then when you scored your first goal, you know, in front of the home crowd, that was probably yeah one one of my best experiences as a as a soccer player um, so far. And then that was probably a moment that will always uh, that I will always cherish and always be grateful for because it's uh, you know scoring the first goal in front of 20,000 20, fans and you know especially at home it's. It's really uh, such a cool experience and, and something that I had always dreamed of as a child and um, that I could make that happen was uh, was such a cool experience. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, you were with Philadelphia for three years um, and then they they traded you to the Chicago Fire. Um, was that was that like hard on you that they traded you or, or did you or did you want to like go to a new environment? Um, I did want to go to a new environment. Um, the first year was great at Philadelphia. Second year, I was more or less injured. And then the third year was, uh, I kind of fell out of favor uh, for for Jim. You know, they had brought in some new um, big time signings in my position. And uh, I didn't get as much playing time as I used to um, in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, I kind of I didn't. I don't want to say I forced the trade um, because I, it was at the end of the season and they they didn't want to renew my contract anyways. So I was just yeah looking for options uh, where I could go and and I was really happy that the Chicago Fire showed interest. Uh, back then it was still Nelson uh, Rodriguez in charge and uh, with Panovich as a coach. And um, yeah, I was really grateful for the opportunity to come here. Obviously, Chicago is a big upgrade in, in terms of, I want to say, lifestyle and, and the city is is beautiful. And uh, yeah, the club was still yeah evolving at the time. But uh, one one thing that was really exciting for me as a German uh, born um, was that Bastian Schweinsteiger was still on the team and. Uh, and I got to, I had the opportunity to play with him for one year in 2019 until he then, um, yeah, retired from professional soccer. But uh, I was really yeah, lucky and, and grateful that, that he still stayed one more year at the Chicago Fire and then renewed his contract uh, for one more year because he was supposed to maybe uh, end his career in, in 2018. But, um, but he said, yeah, I'll we'll, we'll go for one more year. And then that was a, just such a yeah cool experience to be able to uh, share the field with with such a legend who had just four years earlier won the World Cup for your country and uh, you know it was just so many great memories for me growing up as a child uh, watching the Bundesliga watching Boston Schweinsteiger uh, week week in week out and then being able to share the field with them was was just uh, yeah second to none. 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what are, what are some of your goals for uh, this upcoming season? Some of my goals, um, I mean, as a team, would probably be making the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, in, in all four years that I've been here with Starfire, we haven't made the playoff once. So um, team goals definitely uh, go and make the playoffs because I did feel like in the past we've had the capacity and we've had a good enough team to to make the playoffs, but uh, somehow it always lacked a little bit of uh, yeah consistency and, and some unlucky results here and there. But if you don't make the playoffs throughout 34 games, you probably don't deserve it. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's a big team goal um, to to make the playoffs. And then personally, you know, I want to play as much as possible. I want to want to be competitive. I want to contribute with goals and assists, preferably, and uh, and just yeah, be the best version of myself to be able to help the team achieve the team goals. Obviously, which which has a priority. Yeah, definitely. Are right, you ready for the the five Quincy questions? Let's do it. All right. What's the what's the most important uh, quality or skill you feel that has helped you been a successful pro player? One, I feel like the discipline um, to show up every day because it's easy to not to get carried away with how good you are and and, and enjoy and, and take it for granted where you are. But I feel like the discipline to show up every day, you know, to go throughout through your routine, you know, whatever you might need. Some people might not need a big routine in the morning, but for me, I think I always need some sort of stretching, some, some light activation, you know, some mobility work and, and after training as well, you know, to, to, to don't go home just because training is finished, not to stay to, to get treatment, you know, to take care of your body, you know, to eat the right things, to sleep well. And, um, you know, I think those, type of uh or or that character trait that i always had you know was was big discipline um i think has has gotten me where i am today so i think that's that's a big it's not necessarily a soccer skill but i think it's it's a big uh big aspect uh, for a lot of players also young players um that they should embrace and and they should cherish you know to to show up every day and then try to get better and try to yeah be a better soccer player, but also be a better person. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's what's the biggest mistake you think most pro players are making? Probably get too high on themselves too early. I think uh, I I had a little bit of that as well when I got drafted at Philly. You know, uh, going back to the discipline part, that's where I learned it. You know, where I was you know still trying to enjoy too much. You know, you you think you you made it even though you're only on your first contract and you your contract is not even that much it's not like you're a millionaire uh when you sign with uh with with an mls team so so i try to enjoy it a little bit too much you know you try to go out and and you know have have fun with the guys and maybe you know don't do all the right things and that's where i noticed you know that's where the injuries then happened and and for me um yeah, that's that kind of changed my mindset a little bit towards the game and towards towards the sport and towards the the job itself. You know, you have to be the best at your job. So I feel like a mistake that people might make when they when they first get into the league is, is getting too high on themselves 
you see it sometimes with rookies coming in, you know, they think they've made it just because they signed a new deal, but just because you signed a deal doesn't mean you get any playing time whatsoever in the first season, not even in your second season. I've seen it over and over again that, that many people uh, don't get um, a lot of playing time and, and what they, what they expected, you know? So, um, don't get too high on high, high, don't get too high on yourself. Uh, keep working, keep your head down. Um, try to improve every day, and and that's how you get on the field, and not not just by by showing up and then going through the motions. Yeah, definitely. Um, what advice would you give to a young player? It'll probably be that. Yeah, keep your head down. You know, try to be consistent in training. Um, try to be consistent with your actions, um, so the coach knows what to expect when he gets you on the field, um, you know, it, you can't be the player that one day maybe scores an amazing goal and the next day you can't, you know, you can't uh, pass a ball or, or, you know, loses nine out of 10 balls in a, in a possession game. So, um, yeah, try to be consistent, keep your head down, keep working. And, and, and then things will probably, uh, work itself out if you have the talent. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So these, ne- these next two could be uh, life related or soccer related. Okay. Uh, what is, what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Something that most people think is true that I believe isn't. Um, wow, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> okay, do I get a do I get a skip? <laughs> yeah, you get, you get uh, a skip if you want. Um, uh, let me let me think about it for a little bit more. Um, so it could be like, for example, like. Uh, Okay, I, I just have one. Okay, I'm just the Chicago one that uh, people people think that deep dish pizza is really good, and I don't think that's true. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I love that one because I'm from Connecticut, and uh, we actually have the best pizza here. So you go, you can look it up. New Haven, Connecticut, we're number one. Okay, I will look it up. <laughs> uh, last Quincy question. Uh, and what is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Mm, where would move forward with? It's also a difficult one. Those questions are deep, man. You're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, that's it. That's the question. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you give me an example? What would you say? Yeah. So, uh, people in the past, like, uh, say like American players sometimes say like, uh, pick up their stuff and, and travel and go try to play in like Europe or another league overseas. Or like some people said like, you know, off the f- something like off the field, like if they created a business, um, things like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see the business, business part where you, you know, you trying to start something, obviously as a soccer player, you have a lot of time, uh, a lot of downtime when you're, you know, after training your home by, by 2 p.m. or so and you start the whole day to fill. So you're always thinking, you know, should I start a business or should I start a side hustle or this or that? Um, and I've actually actually done a, a, a common project with a friend of mine, Julian Gressel, who plays for the Vancouver Whitecaps. We we do our own podcast, um, which is called Z Soccer Podcast. So, um yeah, we did that. And that was a little bit scary um, at first, but, you know, that's something that we did move forward with, even though we're both a little bit scared to to put ourselves out there week in, week out. And, you know, sometimes you say stuff about maybe coaches, maybe, maybe other players. And, you know, that doesn't always resonate uh, with a lot of people, especially then the players. But um, 
we still do have that project. So I, it's something that I did go through with them. So it's, it's still a bad example, but. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. No, that's awesome. Cause I know everyone, cause a lot of people say they want to start a podcast, especially nowadays. And, and then they just don't end up doing it or just do like one episode or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've done it now for two years. So it's, it's, you know, better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you ready for some fun questions? Is it the last couple? Yeah, hopefully they're not as hard, but <laughs> yeah, 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 they're fun. All right. So the whole time I've been, I wanted to ask you this, but I was waiting for the end. So is it soccer or football? Soccer, because we, we live in the States and I'm, I'm just gotten so used to the term, even when I go, <laughs> go overseas, I sometimes say soccer, but uh, because football is still confusing, but I want to say, I want to say it's soccer <laughs> because we're here. <laughs> all right. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, yeah. What is, uh, what's like, uh, some, some of your favorite things to do like outside of soccer? Outside of soccer, I like to read a lot, um, journal. Um, sometimes I like watching soccer. I mentioned that earlier, um, but go for walks, just, just, uh, go to new restaurants in Chicago, which they have plenty of um yeah just like day-to-day stuff try new coffee spots um that, that type of stuff and then in the off season i really like to travel a lot um you know i'm not not too hesitant on that i would i'm really enjoying you know going exploring different cultures different countries and um yeah really really embrace that gotcha uh last one who would you want to do a jersey exchange with that you haven't done one with yet let me think is there any new good players in the league? Um, maybe, maybe Gareth Bale would be cool, even though he retired now. I think uh, he's probably, I don't want to say he's un- underrated, um, but it's crazy the amount of uh, trophies that he has won and, and also the the work that he put in with, with Wales. Um, you know, obviously towards the end of his career, he was kind of looked down on and, and not as favorable, but you still see how many important goals he scored and then especially the, the MLS cup final, uh, last year with, with the Philadelphia union, um, scored a, uh, such an important goal. And then, you know, got, got the first trophy for LAFC in that, in that sense. So it would be a cool, cool Jersey trade. Did you, did you, uh, ever get to get one of the swine Tigers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, that was a huge one <clears throat> for sure. Oh. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media? Of course, yeah. My Instagram handle is fherbers93. So, uh thank you so much Paul for having me on. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed the show and I wish you good luck with it in in the future as well. Thank you. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.